This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Friday the 22nd of April and this is episode 207. Damon, you done your stretching? You're nice and limber? Because uh, we've got a question here from Liam. He says, hello, what are the best shoes for running laps? Specifically, victory laps. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, we've got a packed pack show for you today. An hour and a half of us uh, just wanking each other off, enjoying the smell of our own farts. Wow. Well, look, it was a good day for the Super J cast. That's for fucking sure. Uh, why anyone would doubt us at this point? I feel like we have proven ourselves over and over and over again. And yet, Joel, there are still people out there doubting us. You know what? I, very, very few. This is this is the encouraging thing. I think we've won. I think we've beaten the internet because when the pastrami sandwich deli was opened mm. most of the uh the response to that was like these guys are reliable they've they've had some big scoops in the past and okay i think we can trust this one so uh we we are now heavyweights <laughs> in the wrestling journalism industry <laughs> you know we, we we respect it you know the real ones giving us the the name checks you know sean ross apps what culture wrestling plenty of other people out there even they, dave even dave even dave gave us a shout out Throwing the flowers at us. Rightly so. We deserve it. We're fucking great. <laughs> here's what we have. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's where we're fortunate. We are fortunate enough to produce, produce, I'll put that in air quotes. We hit record on a telephone conversation and we send it on the interwebs for people to listen to. And then people enjoy it. And people enjoy it. Uh, that are outside of the world of professional wrestling and people enjoy it inside the world of professional wrestling. And we've been very fortunate in the sense that we have made friends and connections and what have you with quite a few of uh, New Japan's finest. So uh, it's nice. It's nice to have that trust. It's nice to have the, those uh, connections it's nice to have all of that because in the end, they help us uh, help you, the listeners, right? Because we give you guys the information. Listen, you are all the sharp New Japan Pro Wrestling fans. You are the ones that are savvy and smart and perceptive and all of that. Why? Well, you're good fans, number one. You pay your hard-earned money for a product. Uh, that you enjoy, but you also listen to us and have a little bit of faith in us. So that is encouraging to hear, Joel, that people were happy. I made the unfortunate mistake, though. I made a, I made a, a, a faux pas, a slip, if you will, um, in, in that I did um, a small, a tiny vanity search for Super Chick. <laughs> that was what, why is that a mistake? That's, that's my favorite activity, David. Is it? Oh, I didn't like it. Somebody didn't like me on Reddit. <laughs> somebody, somebody didn't like the, the American. 
the specifically the American, and I I had to, I instantly hit close browser. I don't want to hear well, that. Nobody likes Americans, Damon. Don't take it personally. <laughs> I don't even like America. Uh, I'm a nice man. Why would nobody like me? Um, I tell you what, that was good though. But I, I do appreciate the fact that it did seem like in the feedback that you gave me was that we uh, people started are starting to uh, credit us. And that's nice to hear. Um, look. I was sweating it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I turned on that fucking AEW. And here's the thing. We never said anything about the announcement, right? We just knew that there was going to be this fucking show, right? Um, and I did I did miss the date. I will take the loss for the date. I'm three motherfucking days off. Sorry. Uh, I didn't say, we didn't say anything about the date or excuse me, anything about the announcement, right? We didn't mention it any, we didn't know how it was going to be delivered and made official, but man, when they were, you know, he's talking about that fucking huge announcement and everybody. Yeah, when he came out, like my heart was pounding. I was, I was in my classroom. This was just before my kids turned out to school and he came out and I was just like, oh shit, here it comes. So d- tell me what, what were you feeling when? He introduced Obari because at that point I was like jumping out of my chair, fist pumping. Oh. I was like, "We did it! We did it!" <laughs> I was like, "I actually uh, like Cheryl's on the couch and she's just fucking on her iPad and and uh, oh, like Tony Khan came out and I'm like, oh. and then you texted me. You're like, here we go.' And I think I was I might have been like a second or two behind. And I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. And he comes out in that ugly fucking jacket of his. Uh, and it was quick. What well, slovenly like, shit. Couldn't even be bothered to sort himself out and look presentable next to a body. <laughs> he's got his, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he strolls. Well, when you got money, Joel, you don't have to do all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can look like a, like you can look like a, uh, a bum. Now nah, he looks fine. I'm only kidding. Um, but it was quick. Like he was like, all right, we're doing this thing with New Japan and let me introduce so And here we go. And I was like, oh my God, yes. It was it was like you knew something was going to you know you know what was gonna happen. You didn't know how it was gonna be presented. And I just didn't want to fucking deal with the rigmarole of having it be extended. I just wanted this to end. It's very stressful for me. I don't like this. It's very high anxiety on my part. Um so I was just glad it was over. But yes, it was nice to to once again, once again, like we always do, give you guys and gals the uh the inside scoop. And we appreciate that. And we like to thank all of our fans for supporting us. And I will say this, I'll make a I'll make an official announcement right here. How you want you want another pastrami sandwich? Are you hungry? You want one? You want a pastrami sandwich, Joe? Always, Damon. This is one that I'm not aware of, so I'm excited now. You know something that I don't. Yeah, you do. Uh, Flights booked. Hotel booked. I will be there. I will be in Chicago for the Forbidden Door show. Yes. So I'm sure we'll do something special. A little meetup, yeah. That's right. That's right. A little meetup. Maybe uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know. I'm, I'm I might just fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, hey, if there's anybody in Chicago that has a place or works at a fucking brew hall or fucking you know someplace where we can have this, have a bunch of nonsense. Uh, let me know. Let Joel know. 
but yeah, I'll be there. I got my, uh, it's all booked, all booked and paid for. So Damon gets on a plane, two hour flight. That's, that's nothing, right? Two hour fucking flight. And, and here's what I did too. Keep this between us and our three listeners. I booked first class <laughs> so I could have drinks on the plane. <laughs> Well, you're you're a big shot in the journalism industry. You, you deserve it. I certainly do. Uh, so uh, yes. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, for for a fucking two hour flight. What a maniac! Uh, all right. So that's um, how do you feel about this? This is like I, I'm going to be honest. I felt like we're back. Didn't you feel like we're back? Yes. This is a, a win for everyone. And yeah. I think it's time we really dig into it because Andrew's asking, please discuss, you know, let's get into the nitty gritties. Let's please discuss the politics involved with a big crossover event everyone is talking about. Sima teaming with Shingo Takagi in Glate. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely be keeping an eye on that one. But no, uh, seriously though, um, you know, I've already seen people moaning about this. Moaning? It's really disheartening. Moaning, yeah, complaining. And I hate to say it, but it does seem to be mostly from New Japan fans. I've already mm-hmm. seen people like belly aching about, oh, if they take away, like this is literally a take I saw. If they take away Yudro's G1 spot for an AEW guy, then this is ridiculous. Like, really? Is that is that the hill we're going to die on right now when <laughs> Super Show has just been announced? So my advice to everyone would just be to chill and enjoy it. It's going to be fun. No one's going to be murdering Very. any of your favorite New Japan wrestlers. It will be fine. It will be good. It'll be entertaining and just enjoy it because this stuff doesn't happen all the time, does it, Damon? This, nope. we've, had to, we've had to sit through some... We've been in the doldrums the past two years. We've had a stagnant roster and these half-empty arenas and, and clap crowds. And I know that hasn't all gone away yet in Japan yet. So let us enjoy the possibility... Well, not the possibility, the, the, the certainty of having this big show on the horizon. And... We don't know what it's going to look like yet. Um, that's what we have questions for. We're going to dig into that. Pro Wrestling V1 says, will this just be a bunch of multi-man tags like the Noah show from January? Uh, so what do you think this show is going to look like? Is this going to be an AEW show with a, a sprinkling of New Japan talent? I don't think so. I think there's. I, I, I feel like this is a, a Madison Square Garden-esque type show. Um, so that just that MSG show was mainly New Japan versus New Japan matches, ROH versus ROH matches, and a, a couple where there were interpromotional matches. You see it being the same. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. So for every single motherfucking Ring of Honor New Japan show, we always had some mix up of Ring of Honor versus. New Japan. And we were dying to see a New Japan versus New Japan match. Dying for it. For years. And it never happened. And then it finally did. Right? I think we will see... There's too much centered around this to for it there not to be interpromotional matches because that's what the people want. And I think there will be... They've been doing them for months anyway. I mean, right. we've seen New Japan versus AEW, guys. So we have. Yes. I don't think that there'd be a problem in people lying down for each other. I don't think you're going to get a load of multi-man tags or fuck finishes or things like that. I think we're going to have a really good shot on our hands. I don't think they're going to be blowing off all the dream matches straight away. I think this is something that you could do 
twice a year you could run oh, this. You yeah. know, do a show in the States, do a show in Japan. So you, you want to keep your powder dry for that. If we're talking specific matches, maybe we're building towards something like Jay White versus Adam Cole. Is that a match that delights me personally? Maybe not, but it's a, a match that I think the US audience will love. And I just... I. For people who are saying like, oh, let's do Punk Okada or Okada Omega or Okada Danielson, like, do you think we're likely to get matches of that caliber off the bat? Or do you think we're going to be building up to things like that? I mean, I'll give you a definitely maybe. Look, we're, we're, we're not holding this fucking show at the 2300 Arena. This is at a 21,000 seat basketball slash hockey arena. The United Center. It's a big building. They need to fill it. And here's the thing. Their, their tickets go on sale, what, May, early May, right? Um, there's not going to be a card announced more than likely before tickets go on sale, right? So you are going off of the idea of the buzz from this show. But trust me, they are not that dumb to do this and not give you something. And Joel, you're right. They're not going to give you everything because you rattled off three matches off the fucking top of your head that they can do. And eventually they could do. That's what yeah, this I mean, is looking about. At, yeah, looking at uh, t- certain Tony Khan's, what, what was the quote he said? We're not going to give you everything all at once, but you will get everything you want eventually. Right. So I think both promotions have a, you know, neither of them, AEW and New Japan, have a, a history of like, deliberately fucking over their audience. Like, I mean, I suppose maybe if you're looking at Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, that that's the one that is making people nervous. They saw that. They, they saw the Noah show. They were disappointed by that. And they're thinking, oh, maybe we're going to get the same here with AEW. But based on the interactions between the two companies up to this point, I don't think that's a worry. I don't either. Uh, and, and again... The, the the blessing in all this is that Tony Khan is a pro wrestling fan. And the people on that roster, by and large, love pro wrestling. They know what's on the line. And I'm going to tell you flat out, the people in New Japan are are excited. You know, both the workers, the company, the office, everyone. I, I, no one loses here. No one loses here. For weeks, this show will be promoted. For weeks, this show will be talked about on national cable television here in the United States. We are going to be front and center. The show will sell out. We're we're going to be a part of a big building show. I and I'm and and we're worried about Yujiro. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, come on, people. Where were we a year ago at this time? Like this is it's it's happening. Like like Christmas is coming. Santa is coming. It's it, and and I'm not saying AEW is the goddamn savior here, but let's be very truthful. Let's be very truthful. AEW having a relationship with AEW is going to be treated much differently than a relationship with Noah. It just is. It just fucking is. Sorry. That, that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah. New Japan have much more to gain from the relationship with AW than they do the one with Noah. So they're going to treat this one with more respect. 
and they'll be willing to sacrifice more in terms of you know guys taking pins or whatever. And again, and I'm vice versa. Like, I don't give a shit who wins or loses these matches. Honestly, I just I want to see great matches in uh, a big arena in front of a hot crowd. You know, you do I care think... if the New Japan guy loses? No. no, no, no. You don't think CM Punk gives? Do you, you think CM Punk gives a fuck if he lies down? I don't. You think John Moxley gives a fuck if he has to lie down? I don't. You think Brian Daniels or Daniels or whatever the fuck, do you, American Dragon? Do you think he gives a fuck lying down or not? Do you think the Bucks give a fuck? Do you think Adam? No one. Do you think Okada gives a fuck? Okay, maybe. Do you think Hanging Page gives a fuck? Okay, maybe. I don't think it's the rest. I think it's more the promoters. It's going to be. You know the the top brass sitting in the room thinking, well, we don't want our guys taking losses. I don't think it's an issue with the wrestlers. Like, and definitely there will be some politics to sort out there, but I don't think it's going to be uh, a barrier or an obstacle to getting a really good show. Um, and we had a question here, and uh, it's from Daryl. Are we confident that Tony Khan is a better booker than Bully Ray and won't mess up the booking of the show like at MSG? Frankly, the ROH portion of that show derailed the momentum at points. Um, and what the Chances of a Chicago meetup. Yeah, we'll definitely sort out the latter. Um, and yes, I am confident that Tony Khan is a better booker than Delirious or Bully Ray or whomever, wh- whoever was booking the uh, ROH portions of the MSG show. I don't think there's any worries about <laughs> Enzo and Cass run for run-ins or, <laughs> uh, and the, the, the latter. I've got full confidence in in both parties that it's going to be a really good show. I mean, I do too. Don't Don't get me wrong. This is still pro wrestling. And there still will be politicking and there still will be, okay, yes. discussions and, you know, like how this show is going to be mapped out and what this is going to look and, and like. And you saw a little bit of it, we, we'll get onto it later, but the Windy City Riot main event, the finish to that, there was a little bit of that involved. So we're not saying it's, you know, it, it, it's impossible for that to happen. There is politics involved. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, again, maybe I'm being naive, but I just think that there's... Not only is there too much on the line, there's absolutely no reason why anyone should go into this thinking that way. There really isn't. Just just ride the fucking wave. Like, like ride the wave. Uh, it's that's this is going. To, you know, you 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 nailed it. We don't get these moments often, and we haven't had a moment like this where this thing's announced and I'm on Expedia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, official, and I'm like, okay, what we got? <laughs> yeah, and, and Laps fans, people who haven't watched New Japan since the pandemic, you know, people in the Voices Wrestling Slack have tuned out. They're booking flights. They're back in. You know, this is the perfect way to jumpstart the, the promotion, and especially in terms of its Western interests. And we don't have a question regarding that. So, uh, Spannerhead says, why would New Japan let the show happen at 8 a.m. Monday morning Tokyo time? New Japan always puts their big American shows on a Saturday night, so it goes out on a Sunday in Japan. It feels like it reiterates my feelings that AEW only wants Japanese wrestlers, but it doesn't actually care about the Japanese market. And Sean says, uh, much the same thing. So 8 a.m. Monday morning seems like an oversight for the audience here who will in- inevitably be at work. Why wouldn't New Japan push for a date where fans in both places could comfortably watch? Fully ready for the, well, we got to watch Wrestle Kingdom at 1am, but in a move to supposedly bring eyes to both products, this seems like a bizarre choice for New Japan to agree in this huge collaboration. Well, it's... Damon, they should have done it on June 23rd, like they originally <laughs> definitely planned. Uh, I would say to this, I think this is a show more f- in terms of New Japan's interest to get back some of their Western audience rather than being something that is for both. I think this is more leaning towards, can they get back some of those fans that they lost 
when you know the likes of Kenny and the Bucks and Cody and, and all those guys left and went to form AEW because we can't escape the fact that New Japan lost a huge chunk of their uh, Western viewership when that happened. They went; th- those fans went off to watch AEW. They haven't come back, so I think this is a chance to get them back. And uh, I think that is where the the value of this relationship lies. I think AEW, in terms of getting Japanese fans watching AEW, that's going to happen because now we've got Dynamite and, and the like. I, I believe this show as well, Forbidden Door, is going to be broadcast for Japanese fans on World. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Personally, I think there's more to gain in terms of the Western fandom here for this show than potential backlash with Japanese fans. Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, Sunday, I I mean, I don't know what the United Center's availability was. I don't know what they have booked that week. I don't know. I mean, there's no hockey or or basketball. Um, Both teams stink. And I think the finals would be done by then, quite possibly. Maybe not. Maybe Anyway, um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know the logistics of it. Um, y- yes. I don't, th- I, I don't think New Japan went into this with the idea of, well, let's fuck the home base. I don't, that's not what we're doing here. Um, again, I don't know the 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 logistics of booking the arena and how if, what what the availability was. I don't know if if a Sunday night is cheaper. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that twenty one thousand pro wrestling fans are going to sell out a building in the United States, and we're going to watch one hell of a fucking pro wrestling show with some possible dream matchups. Um, I think. I think if you asked, and again, I'm speculating, but I think if you asked random Japanese New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, and you asked enough of them, I think they would see the purpose in this, and they wouldn't get personally offended by the fact that this one particular show is going to be a little bit inconvenient for them to watch live. I think they see the bigger picture. Agreed. Um, Daryl says you think they could have gone with a bigger building for Forbidden Door than United Center frankly I was thinking stadium level size when this scuttlebutt first started if ROH could sell out MSG with New Japan surely AEW and New Japan could sell out a 40-50k building oh. I, I, mm, that could, um, could happen in the future you know, this, right. is not the, this is not the only show that the two companies are going to do maybe right. this, this is, is not one and done they can build up to that right and, and I'll go so far as to say this I the one thing I do know, because I looked, uh, the Cubs are away, so Wrigley Field is available. But honestly, do you really want to see a fucking pro wrestling show in Wrigley Field? I- I'm telling you right now, that would not be good. I'm just, I mean, for like the handful of people that that cross over to baseball fandom, like an, an AEW New Japan pro wrestling fan sitting on a bleacher in Wrigley Field is going to mean nothing to them. I'm flat out telling you. Um a, so uh, they also have another baseball team, the White Sox. The White Sox are in town. They play home games, so that stadium is not available. Uh, where the fuck do the Bears play? I don't even know. Is it still Soldier Field? I don't know. Um, would that be available? Possibly. Let's start Let's start with a fucking 21,000-seat arena, right? That's indoors in the summer. Chicago summers aren't, you know... This is, you're, you're going to sit outside and sweat your nuts off. 
you know, you're going to be in a nice indoor air conditioned. You don't have to worry about fucking rain, thunderstorms, uh, all that nonsense. You take that completely out I mean, of the, the rainmaker. Oh, nice. Good one. Good one. Um, and again, let's be very clear here, too. Uh, well, no, I think the AEW is probably going to produce it. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna take a little jab at Fight TV while I had the chance. Um, the we'll get to that. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll get. To that. <laughs> we'll, we'll lay the fucking boots to them. Um, the no, nah, again, we can build to that. That, and I'm not saying that that won't happen. I've, I've been, I've been, I've been playing that fucking horn for a long time. That the possibility of a real strong show with those two promotions in a in a stadium could absolutely happen. Not right now. Let's let's start. Let, again, this is not happening in. I don't even think it's open anymore. But the Rosemont Horizon or a small fucking venue like New Japan's running a small like you know, they're doing twenty three hundred. They're doing the place in Washington, which probably holds about twenty five hundred, um, if that. We're good. Let's start here. Multiverse A says, as a listener since day one, it was great seeing you get your flowers for the scoop. With that said, what is your dream lineup for the show and how happy is Damon that if he isn't going, he won't have to suffer through another fight pay-per-view as it's on the BR app. And Bash says, do you think we get any title matches on this card? What matches would you like to see happen between both brands? Hmm. I mean, the head spins with the idea of these fucking shows. Um, I mean, look, we're all hoping that people get healthy. Right? So we're hoping for Abushi a, a to get healthy. We're hoping for uh, Omega to get healthy. We're hoping for, uh, I mean, it's Chicago. So you're assuming Punk is involved and you're assuming uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever you want to fuck you want to call him this week. Uh, I, I, I really want, I, I, I would love, at least one. If you give me two, I will be more than pleased. Interpromotional singles match. Um, I mean, Will is in the, is on that list. Osprey's on that list. Um, there's just a lot of talent. Um, I would love to see an, uh, an Okada title defense against somebody. Uh, I, I mean. Look, I'm I'm paying I'm paying cash money. So what do I want to see? I would love to see Okada, uh, American Dragon. I would like that a lot. I think Punk's going to play a prominent role too. How about Punk Naito? Yes, that's the one for me. I know everyone says yeah? Punk Kenta, and I would love Punk Kenta, but I think Punk Naito is the one. That would be sexy as fuck. So I mean, look, this, uh, like you, you could just sit here with a boner and just go on for days with what might be available to us. So uh, now let's move on to our favorite fight TV. You know, I've sat here on this very podcast, Joel, and I've told you and all of our listeners how much I fucking despise this service, and I said, you know. Every single time there is a show that is broadcasted via Fight TV where you have to pay extra over and above your $20 or $12 or whatever the fuck it is per month for New Japan World uh, to see 
a pro wrestling show. I don't know where the value is. And in fact, I'll go so far as to say that they should be ending this relationship, contract or not, immediately. Now, I don't necessarily blame. uh, Well, you know what? I do blame because here's a problem that I have. It's not only the quality of the camera work and camera work stinks. Absolutely stinks. It misses things. Uh, it's shaky. They don't have like they they don't have any stable. They're just sitting there with their fucking handhelds. So you got these 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 camera guys that are sh- just can't hold a camera straight or not have it shake because they have no st- stabilization devices. They can't fucking think that one out. And they're running around ringside and just ugh. And then over and above that, they don't charge their batteries. Apparently, right? We saw that. So everyone saw that screenshot. And then once again. The show drops out. The feed drops out. It buffers forever. It's like you're fucking watching it on a real player. It's preposterous. And it makes the promotion look fucking like bo-bo promotion. Just it, it like a, a fucking C-level promotion. It's embarrassing. It's, it's it's embarrassing. Now, I know that they offer refunds. They always offer refunds. Every fucking show, they're offering refunds because people can't watch it. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I, I'm just hoping and praying, fingers crossed, toes crossed, that uh, AA, AEW, we're using their satellite, we're using their trucks, we're using their camera people, we're using their production people, we're use, we're doing it all. Because I don't, I don't want, and Fight TV can broadcast it, and it, look, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> we know there's, it's going to be a problem. You know how many people are going to try to watch this and be fucking left out in the dust? Right? Joel, we, we see this coming, right? This is going to be a fucking nightmare on, on Fight TV, right? Can, right? Am I wrong? What's going to be a nightmare on Fight TV? Well, the, the the show is going to be on Fight TV. Is it? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> I I'm almost one hundred percent certain. Look it up. But yes, I I, I I I I'm almost certain that this is a Fight TV broadcasted. It's not going to be on World New Japan World. It's it's, it's on pay per view, and I believe. Fight TV. The BR app, no? What's that? The BR app. That's what, that's what the, uh, the, the VR the app? Says. BR. I don't know what the fuck. PR? <laughs> no, that is like, uh, we failed to do the most basic research. Uh, let, let me ask <laughs> Let me ask Voices of Wrestling Slack. They'll be able to tell me. But, They'll um, be able to tell us. Certainly, it was, it was unacceptable as far as Windy City Riot goes. I mean, maybe we should get into Windy City Riot, but uh, sure. I will... I will check on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, how much of that do you think is to blame Fight TV? How much of that was on New Japan? Well, New Japan knows. It's not like it's, they, you know, this hasn't happened before on every other. Again, I, I'm not saying it just because I got a beef with them or something bad happened. It's every time you, you, you turn it on, there's a problem. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we had people who found a way to find a Japanese stream. 
right? We've, you know, they had no problems, right? None. Yes. Yeah. I, I have vastly different experiences, people watching Japanese feed on Worlds and people like myself watching it on Fight TV. Right. So, I mean, not for nothing. It, it's not like New Japan did it. Now, again, what are they going to do? Like, like, they're not going to bring over their own fucking production crew. They would lose money in this whole venture if that were the case. They just, they just can't. They don't have the infrastructure to do this. Um, so they're relying on Fight TV to take care of this end of the deal. It's it's not been good. It's not been a good partnership. It has not. They knew this going in. They knew what they were getting themselves into. But but what are you going to do? I'm sure there's a contract. I'm sure there's a certain amount of dates that they agree that they have to be on this fucking out. Whatever. Okay, so but, I've, got, I've got an answer here. It's going to be traditional pay-per-view, AEW production, not going to be on fight. Uh, da, 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 Bleacher Report app. So BR app is the Bleacher Report ah, app. I thought it was Bleacher There you go. Uh, or by their local cable or satellite provider. So... Good. Ah, the pay-per-view available at international markets on Fight TV. Fans in Japan ah. can watch an iPay-per-view on New Japan World with live Japanese commentary. But if you're a listener not in the US and not in Japan, then... You're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Which is me. Yay. You're fucked. Another, another dagger. The fucking American's going to be there. Fucking American's going to see it. <sighs> I wonder where that person was from. How dare they? How dare they... Thumb their nose at my lovely. God bless America. God bless. Uh, all right. Um, all right. So then, that's good news, right? That's good news. We don't have to worry about it. All that, all that fucking rambling on, but <laughs> from no, the dumb American. Said, certainly, with, with regards to winning city, right? Because it ruined the experience for a lot of people, it and did. it's 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 embarrassing for a company like New Japan who wants to be making waves in the U.S. You must do better than that, and you know, I don't know whose fault it is, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's got to be fixed. There's no point playing the blame game now. Sort it out. Do better. Do better. Well, here's the thing. You don't think this partnership has some of that, you know, there's there's a, there's a, uh, um, a sliver of that in yes. this agreement. Yeah. You know? I think that's right. one big thing that they lost out on with the ROH relationship falling apart is not being able to use them for production. Yeah. And, you and and they did a good job for what they were able to accomplish. But like, let's let's. I mean, even though Sinclair Broadcasting uh, has stations all over the United States, it's not like they're, you know, they're not this huge, massive thing. Like honestly, if you asked nine people on the street in, here in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, no one's going to know what the fuck Sinclair Broadcasting is. They're going to look at you like you got two heads. Nobody knows what the fuck that is. Um, and, and that doesn't mean I'm not the hand waving and saying they didn't have money, but we all know that they they didn't even know they owned a fucking wrestling promotion. You know I mean, they're not gonna they're gonna pour money into production and shit like that. But now they got a partner that you know, they're not afraid to spend what I mean, I, I don't what is it to to produce a live television program that looks, you know, top notch. A hundred thousand dollars? I don't know. $200,000 between the pyro and the fucking jumbotron and hiring the crews. And it's, it's a lot to, to, to do. I had no problem spending the, the, the money. So that's what we need. That's what we need for the United States. Right? Right? That's what we need. So over and above the fact that we have top-notch talent, interesting matchups, 
interesting storylines, great shows, all happening. Maybe even more importantly, we have a partner, hopefully, that we can utilize a little bit more when it comes to producing high quality shows. Uh, I do have just a, f- a few more questions. I'll get on sure. before we dip into Windy City Riot. Uh, so I don't know which of these questions is sincere and which ones are trying to troll me. I'm going to read them anyway. Oh. Andrew says, in a hypothetical super show, who should Satnam Singh wrestle? Spannerhead says, shouldn't AEW wrestler win the G1 after being first in the USA block and win the IWGP World title at Wrestle Kingdom Night 4 in Daly's place? And why is that wrestler Satnam Singh? Adam says, big Satnam Singh for the G1. Dread and Roses says, assuming an AEW New Japan Superstar happens, what well, is happening now, do you think the Golden Lovers can team up right away, or do you think Kenny and Ibushi have to do a singles match first? Do either of you care about the Golden Lovers storyline at all? Those are my questions. Well, uh, Satin, I'm saying, I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time before he is holding the IWGP World Heavyweight <laughs> Championships. So I'm, I'm just counting down the days, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, a, a lot of Golden Lovers fans are excited. I, I was into the storyline. The, the fandom can be a bit 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 much <laughs> it could be quite overbearing <laughs> at times but uh, most, most of them are great um and they're, they're going to be excited about the possibility of ibushi and kenny reuniting i'm looking forward to the match i mean i think it is going to happen at some point i don't know if it's going to happen at this show i don't know if kenny's going to be at this show from what i understand he had quite major surgery so i wouldn't hold your breath but i do think you will we will get it at some point so there's something for you uh golden lovers fans to look forward to um also, just a, a little note here, Adam Cole versus Ishii on Rampage. I'm hearing good things about that. Um, Louis right. says, did you hear the pop Ishii got just by his name mentioned for the upcoming match with Adam Cole? Do you think other New Japan wrestlers will receive just as warm welcome as, say, Ishii, Suzuki, Tanahashi? Will the American crowd go crazy for Master Watto? Uh, I'm not sure about Watto, but I think definitely they uh, th- those names mentioned, like the likes of Ishii and Suzuki, I wouldn't say diminishing returns in Japan. I mean, I think the Japanese fans appreciate them, but there definitely seems to be more of an excitement from uh, a more sort of casual US wrestling fan who doesn't get to watch them every single day and and does make a lot of noise for them. And I think that's part of the appeal for these uh, NJPW wrestlers and coming over here and wrestling in front of crowds that are really excited to see them and, and make a lot of noise for it. So that I think is a another factor to this. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but it feels like there are a lot of AEW fans that, watch and uh, are fans of the New Japan product, I think a lot of AEW fans might have started out watching New Japan. Um, I, I had no problem with Golden Lovers. I had no problem with the storyline. I had no problem with... I, I enjoyed it. Um, and here's the thing. like Whatever whatever floats people's boat, you know, you're paying a fucking ticket. Right? You know what I mean? Like, good. Great. Whatever whatever draws you to the product, you know, you don't have to like exactly what I like, you know, and I don't have to like exactly what you like, but I'm sure there's common ground. And the common ground is we're both buying a ticket to see the same fucking show. Um, so I think it's I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really scratching my head over what possibly could be the downside to this. Like and and. There isn't, and maybe again, maybe I'm just being positive, Damon. But it feels good. It feels. I'm not gonna lie. It feels good. Uh, it feels good, man. 
<laughs> right. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like, how long have we fucking not felt good about pro wrestling? I feel good about pro wrestling. I feel excited about pro wrestling. I am. I'm fucking pumped. I, I, I can't believe everybody wouldn't be. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, I'm setting these things off. It's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. 
keyless entry. No more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, Passcode unlocking and remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door Just a little quick news note here before we uh, get into the actual matches for Windy City, right? Kushida has been... Uh, I, I don't know if you... I think his con- WWE contract finish has not been renewed. And by all accounts, it sounds like he is heading back to New Japan. There's some excellent information on the Voices of Wrestling Patreon. If you subscribe to that and, and give them the 10 bucks, there's great info there. They, along with us, are pr- probably the only two sources that get reliable New Japan information. And... The takeaway there seemed to be that Kushida is interested in coming back possibly as a heavyweight, possibly as a heel, doing some sort of uh, UWFI MMA-inspired gimmick. So uh, your thoughts on the potential of Kushida coming back and where he slots in? Because uh, I I know the the rumours were that he didn't want to be a junior anymore. I mean, if he is a junior, I think there's plenty of fresh junior talent for him to be working with than when he left back in 2019. But uh, yeah, would you like to see him as this uh, heavyweight heel MMA UWFI gimmick? Um, my, my only challenge with that is... The music. They, you want to hear his music? Oh, I love his fucking... It's, it is one of my favorite theme songs. It's one of my favorites. That, that was almost a fucking music to this show. Um... I don't think if he re- if he were to return, which I think we're ninety nine percent certain he is, um, he could come back as you know time splitter, Back to the Future, Kushida, um, heavyweight. He wanted to be a heavyweight. I mean, he kind of felt like you know his. He, what else could he do as a junior? And he felt like okay, you know, I'm going to see what what I can do here in, in the states. Um. To me, he's one of the he's an outstanding pro wrestler. 
a fucking outstanding pro wrestler. But the problem is, is that you can't get taller, right? That, you just can't. Um, so, okay, is he going to bulk up? I, I, I mean, he could, but that's not the issue. Unfortunately, it's his height. Um, the junior title is my favorite title of all pro wrestling. It's my favorite title. I know people might not like this. Maybe some people will. I think it's in 2022, the idea of juniors and heavyweights was kind of passe, don't you think? Like, just... Like, why handcuff yourself like, like you have been? And I understand the history. But again, this is a promotion that has no problem throwing history and, and creating new, hitting reset buttons. Like, is there, is there, is Kushida that much different than Kyle O'Reilly or Bobby Fish or, I don't know, give me a name, Ishimori or, uh, give me another junior, Master Watto. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I, w- I wish they would just kind of do away with that. It would make life a lot easier for, I think, everyone. And it would give a lot more creative freedom to the promotions to book matches and and turn a guy like Kushida into UWFI shooter gimmick. Well, like, like... I really feel like he has to come back as a, as a heavyweight because we've seen the junior. And again, I know he's going to get a new coat of paint. And, 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 and there is a possibility of maybe some new fresh matchups. I don't know. I kind of feel like you might have to do him as a heavyweight. And is he a heavyweight? I don't have any strong feelings, to be honest. I, I'm not the sort of person that's going to be like, oh, he's too small to be a heavyweight. Look at these guys. It looks ridiculous standing next to each other. I I just don't have that. Some people do. I don't, I'm not saying that you're wrong for it, but you could slot him in anywhere, and I will just, I'll enjoy watching Kashida wrestle because he's a tremendous wrestler. Right. So uh, I don't care. It's my short answer, and I'm just excited to see him back. I don't know if he's back in time for Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, I think June was, I think Dave Meltzer mentioned, he'd be, be free by then. So... Uh, Welcome home, Kushida. We can't wait to see you. Welcome home. Um, Okay. Are you, you, would you say, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, would you say that his run in the United States was a success or a dud? Um, I think he probably got about as much as he could out of the initial NXT run. And the writing was on the wall when it changed to colorful rainbow NXT (coughs) 2.0. Bullshit nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't ever think that he was going to do anything on the main roster of WWE because nobody can. Because uh, again, that's absolutely not a knock on Kushida. I mean, you look at the nonsense that they've got Nakamura doing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't pay attention to it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think as far as the NXT run goes, that was fine. Definitely hit the ceiling, and yeah, time to move on. Do you think he did? Did do you think this? past three years to four years, however long he was there, did more to help his career or hurt his career? Probably mm-hmm. in the long run, I would say help because I don't think it would have done him or the fans any good for him to be stagnating 
in the New Japan Junior Division and getting miserable. I think it's good for him that he tried because, you know, you never try, you never know. So he's had a go, hasn't worked out, and at least he can say, okay, well, at least I gave it a go. And now he can come back and New Japan fans will be excited about seeing him back. Maybe we can do something fresh with him. So I would not say it was a a mistake or something that he's going to regret at all. I would agree. More eyeballs were on him, you know, farting around on NXT than New Japan, right? Correct. Um, So if anything, more people recognize the name and recognize the face. And you're right. He comes back. And it is absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think, I think it was the right thing for him to do. I just, you know, I think everybody kind of knew where, you know what I mean? Like you kind of knew, okay, uh, go for it. We wish you the best, but you know where you're going <laughs> and you know the track record of where you're going. I'm, I'm, I'm just okay. Listen, the weather's, the we'll weather's gorgeous in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. They're not going to give you one in NXT. Exactly. So there you go. That's good news. You think, uh, you think anybody else is uh, counting the days on their calendar? Uh, there's some rumors about Finn Balor slash Prince Devitt. That might be mm-hmm. one to keep an eye on. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a few. No, no, no sandwiches being served. No sandwiches being served. No need to no need to run to the internet and tweet away what we say. No sandwiches. But yeah, I mean, I think everybody's kind of got their their ears to the street, kind of hearing a lot of different things. So fingers crossed. Okay, this time, I promise we're going to talk about Windy City Riot. Uh, It's the Saturday, April 16th, uh, from the Odium Expo Center, which is about to be closed down, I believe, in Chicago. Uh, Dark matches, Wheeler Utah, Rocky Romero defeating DKC and Kevin Knight. Utah getting the pin over DKC, 9 minutes 30 seconds. I didn't see this one, but I'm not surprised to see Wheeler Utah picking up a win there. Did you see that one, Damon? Was it broadcast? I did. Yeah, thoughts? Yep, good, very good. Look, I don't, (laughs) maybe it was you that said it. 2020 uh 2020 jesus christ 2022 uh that's 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 his year right and it and it feels like he, it is he's in a nice little stable in AEW right was the blackpool shooter club or whatever the fuck it is or combat I don't know. blackpool combat combat club whatever um so that's a pretty high profile spot there match was good i felt like it was it was a little long look if I had any complaint about a lot of this show, matches felt like they were longer than they needed to be. And everybody wanted to get their shit in and everybody wanted to make an impression. Uh, again, for an opening match, it felt like it went a little longer than I would have expected, but it was a good solid opener. And, it, and, and here's the thing too, the idea and the concept of, okay, first match, go out there and warm up the crowd. And, you know, and the, you know, we're going to build to the main, nope. <laughs> Everybody just goes out there and fucking goes balls to the wall. Opening match, they're doing crazy fucking shit. That's pro wrestling. That's pro wrestling in uh, 2022. Uh, opening match, that doesn't matter. Middle, fifth match, ninth match. Everybody's going out there and doing all their fucking shit. So get all right, the shit. Cool. <laughs> okay, get next, all the shit in. Next match was, uh, I believe they're called The Factory. Nick Comoroto, Cutie Marshall, and Aaron Solo defeating Carl Fredericks, Yu Uemura, and Clark Connors. So it's Cutie Marshall. Pinning 
Uemra after 11 minutes 56 seconds with a diamond cutter. I was a little bit surprised by this. I thought this was set up for the LA Dojo boys to get get the win. But the feud will extend and these guys are going to wrestle each other again. So I'm not going to be running to Reddit going, oh, the AEW guys won and all the New Japan guys lost. I'm, I'm not ready to <laughs> press that panic button yet. All right. I was. Uh, I, I also thought it would be a uh, – here's what it was. It was a showcase for them. Right for the the dojo boys. Um, I I look. I would have liked them to get to get a win to get on a, on a big stage. And you're right; they're going to wrestle again, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there eventually. Right? We'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm not ready uh, to point- say. Oh, they've dropped the ball with the Weber. They fucked up his <laughs> right. expression. <laughs> right, right. Um, what did you think of your boy Carl Fredericks? His time will come. I don't. I, okay. They are being very, very, dare I say, patient. I don't know if patient is maybe a bit too generous a term. But I mean, I've spoken about him at length. I think he eventually he is going to win this feud with the factory. And I think he will benefit from that. But I want to see what's next because he's not. A particularly young how old is Carl Fredericks he's wrong side of 30 for sure um, and, and again I've said before he is a guy I think when they could pull the trigger on him at any time and make him look and feel like a big deal because I think he's got all the tools there it's just a question of when are they going to do it because they're <laughs> taking their sweet time they really are they really are and, and I don't think he is lacking anything like seriously you go watch his singles match with Josh Alexander from a couple of weeks ago when I watched that I was like he's fine everything's there He's great. It's just a question of when they're going to pull the trigger. Yeah. And again, maybe they're just waiting for, you know, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time when um, crowds start coming back. But again, crowds were <laughs> pretty packed house. You know what I heard, though? Speaking of packed houses, I heard there was a lot of trouble of people getting in the building. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. The like, whole thing sounded, yeah, people queuing up for ages and missing matches. And it's probably a good thing that they're closing down this arena. From what I <laughs> Terrible, terrible job. Like you, you got people standing, wrapping the line, wrapping around a fucking building, and they're and, and they're and they're hearing the matches go on. That's that's preposterous. Like, what's the problem here? Ah, uh, come on. We got to learn. We got to we got to learn from these mistakes. Got to learn from these mistakes. But geez, Louise, what the fuck? I mean, I mean, if you a lot of these people are flying in, right? Traveling the distance. Come on. Show some fucking respect for your fans. Get them in the building. They're queuing up. They're outside. Get them in. All right. Sorry. That was my <laughs> that was my outside the ramp. Outside the building ramp. Oh, I'm going to have to speed things up a bit here. Uh, so next we have the 10-man tag. Chris Dickinson, Renarita, Alex Coglin, Josh Alexander, and Fred Rosser. Defeating Team Filthy, Royce Isaacs, Drell Nelson, Joe Kratos, Danny Limelight, Black Tiger. So Fred Rosser. Uh, submitted Black Tiger after 30 minutes, 50 seconds with cross-face chicken wing. This was a ton of fun, as I expected. Some nice moments like uh, Alex Coglin delayed vertical suplex on JR Kratos, which is really impressive. The crowd loved that. Coglin's awesome. He's, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Uh, and the JR Kratos suicide dive, which was genuinely terrifying. Oh my God. I was so frightened when he did that. I was like, ah! It's, oh God, I'm, I'm glad everyone made it out of that okay. And Kratos, again, a guy who um, maybe he did, didn't impress on his first trip to Japan. I hope he gets another one because I think he's really good and I think the fans would appreciate him there. Uh, I liked that at the end, Fred Russell refusing to release the chicken win on Black Tiger. 
So Fred Rosser, uh, he's he's got a, a little bit of an unhinged side to him. When you've pissed him off, he can he can go a bit mental, which I enjoy seeing. And uh, Sue Williams, which is a wrestling, uh, chipped in saying Fred Rosser used the crossface chicken wing in honour of Bob Backlund, who he was confusingly put together with for six months in WWE. So <laughs> there's a uh, nice little nod to the past there. What did you I remember that. Holy shit. You know, you know, Bob Backlund spent a lot of time uh, New Japan. Uh, how about that phantom title change with Anoki? Right, it was a big deal when you learned about that. Oh, the fucking dogs are barking again, Joe. Jesus Christ! All right, uh, go, go ahead, keep on. Uh, yeah, did you enjoy this ten uh, man tag match with Team Filthy and Team Fred? I did. I did. I thought Rosser was uh, outstanding. Uh, I was waiting for the ref to uh, disqualify for him to keep the uh, hold on too long, uh, but I do like that. I do like the idea of him having that little bit of a. A little sandpaper to his game, right? Um, becoming on a hitch. He looks good. Like he, like he doesn't even look like the same fucking guy. To be honest with you, um, like he looks, he looks really good. Uh, like just even just like physically in the ring, like he's chiseled, like a million bucks. Um, yeah, I like the match. They're, they're, here's the thing: we all knew that there was this match was going to be good, and everybody was going to have their work and shoes on because they do these very well. And that dive, oh my god, Joe. I was like, he's not going to make it. I didn't think he was going <laughs> to fucking make it. Like, I thought he was going to fucking clunk his head on the ring post or some shit. Oh, and how about those guys? Not for nothing. Him doing the dive is one thing. How about those motherfuckers on the outside got to catch this guy? You know what I mean? They got to they got, they got to make sure you know, not only he doesn't land on his head, uh, but he doesn't, you know, squash everybody else that's trying to catch him. Those guys have some balls. Don't know, Jesus Christ. Uh, good match, though. Very good. Next, we had a impromptu strong openweight championship match. It was originally a non-title match, but then Yuji Nagata goaded Filthy Tom Lawler into defending his title, and Nagata uh, cut a, a fantastic promo in English on Lawler at the start. I love that. Um, so, yeah, this became a title match. A uh, nice little spot with Tom Lawler countering the Nagata Lot 2 with the Nagata Lot 1, which I enjoyed a lot. And look, we don't often get to see the New Japan dads having prominent singles matches, but when we do, it's always a treat. And Nagata is still so good, and I really enjoyed this match. And I enjoyed the bit at the end with Tom Lawler mocking Yuji Nagata's Blue Justice pose and the dance. That was very, very funny. Um, outstanding. And you're right. Uh, you know, maybe once a year, maybe even longer than that, they they, they get the tap on the shoulder, and away we go. Uh, you know, what, 50? He's in his 50s. And he's out there having a match that, I mean, there were some good matches on this show. I think at worst, this was the third best match. Some people might even say it's the second best match. Fucking loved it. Tom Lawler, fantastic. Unbelievable job as champion. Um, crowd was into it. Uh, I think they did a great job of building and and maintaining a pace that was very pro wrestling like. They didn't go out there and try and fucking do everything they could in ten minutes. It told a great story. I loved it. I, like, look, I think there are, there there were better matches on the show, but not by much. Like this, to me, this was again at worst the third best. And at you know, if you want to tell me it was your second favorite. <clears throat> Even if you wanted to go on a stretch, I think it might be a stretch to call it the best match on the show, but I, I would listen to that conversation. 
I would listen to that conversation. I thought it was that good. I thought fantastic job. Uh, we had another, uh, I thought, tremendously fun multi-man tag match here, 12-man tag. So we had uh, United Empire with Aaron Hanare, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, TJP, Carl Fletcher, and Mark Davis defeating the Bullet Club team of El Fantasmo, Piccolo, Chris Bay, Carl Anderson, Doc Ellis, and Scott Norton. Uh, a huge prop for Great O'Conn, which I was really pleased to see. And I just enjoyed the visuals of seeing United Empire fully assembled in the ring together. Uh, I like the opening, Chris Bay and TJP. That was a very fun sequence. I hope both of the best of Super Juniors. Um, you know, that, that's not a pastrami sandwich. I just hope that they're both there. And uh, the Hinaru against Hikuleo sequence was also surprisingly entertaining. A singles match that I didn't know that I wanted, but now I'd be quite into seeing if it happens. And then Jeff Cobb versus Scott Norton. I mean, the, the suspension of disbelief was completely ruined, but it was really fun, particularly when Scott Norton, he, he had his little bit, and then he was just sort of stomping back to the corner. He goes, fuck! Just shouts fuck for no reason, and then tags out. Uh, the powerbomb tees into the back rate. That was great. Gallows taking a bump over the middle rope on the top rope, ever the worker. And yeah, I was just really glad that Aussie Open got the shine at the end of the match. They look tremendous there. If we can get just even a handful of these guys over to Japan, we are cooking with gas because this, this is a match that made me just salivating at the prospect of more uh, open travel between the two nations. Yeah. First... The match itself was was pretty pretty great, even with some of the the the, the weak links. Right, um, Scott Norton should not be in a pro wrestling ring anymore. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that he took a, a a nice little suplex. Right, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but there was sh- just shit that like I don't know. Again, I, I appreciate him being there. We all recognize the fact that he is a New Japan pro wrestling legend, former world champion, and we got all that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> let's keep him out of the ring um and he was you know actually he was in there longer than i thought he was in there he was in there probably a, a lot longer than i thought um with you know bay and tjp and all those other guys doing a lot of the heavier lifting but for a while there he was in there a little bit longer than i expected uh, let's keep him out of the ring and i loved it i, I, I don't know about loved but i thought it was really good I thought it was. I thought it was perfectly fine. Perfect, better than perfectly fine. I thought it was good. How about that? Good. Then we had a Chicago street fight with David Finney, Juice Robinson, oh. Brody King defeating uh, TMDK, Jonah, Shane Haste, and Bad Dude Tito. Twenty-four minutes, eleven seconds. God uh, Finley got the pin over Jonah. Uh, a lot of production issues in this one with fight, which didn't help. I think Tito and Shane Haste worked really hard here. There were some. Very cool bumps and, and spots in this match, but it was way too long. It should have been a, a half the length that it was, and and I, it was a nice send off for Juice. You know, we, we may not see him again for a while, but just having them as the baby faces was it was compromised really because I don't think the fans care about Finn Juice. They didn't seem particularly interested in cheering for him, so I just I felt. It, this, the whole thing was off. It was too long, and the dynamics were all off. Well, like like you said, the the production issues didn't help in any. Um, it was you know a, a a brawl in the crowd, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, but they went all over the fucking arena, used a lot of furniture, um, you know, had a lot of. And I'll put in air quotes, dangerous looking spots and, you know, walk and brawl. It felt like it went on forever. 
Like, I remember texting you right around the same time you texted me. And we were like, how long is this fucking match? It felt like it was an hour. And not a good hour. I was sweating um, when I checked the website and it said no time limit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. You can't go all night. <laughs> but just... It was uh, again. It wasn't a horrible match, but it was just it was just longer than it, it had any right to be. Um, and that's not even to say that that everybody in that match didn't work their asses off. They, I, th- I feel it's like they did. The main event, the main event was twenty one minutes. This went twenty four. Something <laughs> went wrong here. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? Pro wrestlers are known to uh, disregard time cues, <laughs> right? And. You know, sometimes matches and, you know, you're in the middle of it and uh, time gets away from you a little bit, Joel. Uh, yeah, somebody fucked up because, yeah, there's no reason that that match should have been longer than the fucking main event. Um, and it was hard to follow, right? You got people doing wacky shit on one side of the arena while somebody's doing a, a, a big dive on the other side of the arena and the camera misses both of them. Um, you just see the aftermath and, and you see the back of, of fans' heads. Um I don't know. Like, to me, if you're going to do that type of match, it might be a good idea to have designated areas in which you're going to be doing that so that the camera people can get over there and get a decent spot. And it's you're not trying to fight your way through, you know, five rows of fans or t- 20 rows of fans. Uh, and, and again, splitting up in nine different directions. Who knows? It just wasn't a well thought out match but in the same breath everybody's working hard everybody's really fucking you know trying to make it fun and entertaining it was just hard to follow especially at home now again live it might have been you know great things since sliced bread at home it, it really was not the best viewing experience Next, we have the US of J Open Challenge match where Jay White defeated Shota Umino in 15 minutes, 45 seconds with Blade Runner. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, Shota looked great. You know, he's going to be the next star. He's got amazing baby face heat. What did you think? I, I think that he has a fantastic look. Like, he looks like a guy that... If you like, he's an easy finger point to he's the future of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like he looks the part. Right. And I think 100 percent he does. Absolutely. Do I think that there are. Like there's a little bit of of, of uh, work to be done to get there. Yes. Yes. I think. And I and I think that will come in time. But people putting a crown on him. And, and, you know, anointing him the chosen one. I, I think it's there. I think he's going to be one of those people. But I will say that from, like, again, in, in ring, he looked like a million bucks. I just think the, the ring work and the quality therein will improve. And he very well could be that guy. But I think people are, I think people want to be early on a train on a guy. Like they want to be, an, like I was, I, I, you know, they, like they think they're a fucking baseball scout and they see a kid at 13 throwing, you know, 60 miles an hour. Like, oh, this, this guy's going to be the next, you know, fucking, you know, whoever, Nolan Ryan. Or yeah, I, I hate Ryan. to be unkind, but to me, the people that are saying that about Umino 
kind of feel like people who are not really paying attention to New Japan and they just want to have a take. Because if you're watching all of these young lines, you cannot deny that people like you, Oemura, Ren Narita, even a guy like Yohei Oiwa look like they are lapping or are going to lap Shota Umino. So I don't know. It's just, it kind of felt like a, an extended Koroko and Young Lion squash to me. I I'm not really sure about what is the gimmick that he's, I don't know if the whole, oh, I'm John Moxley's little son. I don't know if that is necessarily helpful. That helps. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know about that. I'm, I think he will get there. I'm not ready to say he's a bust. I'm sure he will reach the, he, he achieve his potential when he gets back to Japan. But I just, I don't think he's one of the more impressive young lines on excursion at the moment. I think he could be. And I and I and here's the thing I think he will be. And again, getting the rub from Mox helps tremendously, right? I mean, that's and it's a it's a cute gimmick, you know what I mean? Like it's a cool thing, you know, how Mox takes him on the you know, we get all that. Um I think he has it. I think I absolutely think he has it. Um but again, I there I would say I would agree with you in that there are other young lions that with a little bit more of a critical eye, you might find that those are a little bit ahead of the game. But, uh, I mean, you can't deny he looked like a million bucks, didn't he? Yeah, he looked good. He's, he he's looked good. good. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a fucking pro wrestler. He looks like a pro wrestler. Um, again, and I think the other stuff will come. The other stuff will come. Okay, uh, then we had uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeating Minoru Suzuki, 80 minutes, 46 seconds with vertical drop brain buster. Uh, and yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. This is a match where you put it in Japan and you get light applause, but you put it in the States and everyone's losing their minds. I don't. Th- I think they've had better matches. I don't think this was a bad match. I thought this was really good. I thought they worked hard. They hit each other really hard and pulled lots of funny faces as they do. Um, and yeah, people loved it. It was, it was a crowd pleaser, wasn't it? It was. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Do you think where would you put this on the on the entire show? What 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 number are you giving it? Uh, for my personal enjoyment, I would say maybe the fourth most enjoyable. Wow, really? Mm, I liked it more than you. Um, second favorite match of the show. I thought. That, I mean, look, it was it, it it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Like you weren't get you weren't shocked by what you saw on the ring, and if you watch this product at at any length, you know a lot of the shit's going to look pretty familiar. It's still great. Like it's still great, um, and the fans were into it, and everybody was excited to see it. I I thought both guys, you know, I think I think both guys turned it up a notch. More than you might normally see on random New Japan Pro Wrestling show. I, I felt like I felt like they were excited to work in front of a crowd again, like a noisy crowd. I think they really, really enjoy it. Um, I no, I, I I think I might have liked it more than you. I, I remember texting you and being like, "All right, this is fucking great." Um, second, my second favorite match of the show. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I just maybe the fact that I watched, you know, well, I'm sure you do as well, but watching every single Ishii singles match and Suzuki right. singles match maybe means that um, I wouldn't say burnt out on it, but just I've seen all this stuff before. It was good. I, I didn't dislike it by any means. Um, 
But coming up next, Suzuki is going to be facing Brody King. Uh, Chris Jericho said he wants to face the winner of that, so that we want to keep an eye on. And Eddie Kingston came out to challenge Ishii, which should be a lot of fun. So we've got that to look forward to as well. Let's move on to the main event, which was John Moxley defeating Will Ospreay in 21 minutes, 24 seconds with Death Rider. Oh, it was a tremendous match. Both guys just absolutely worked their socks off. Just an insane pace to this match. They really went all out, balls to the wall to make this one spectacular. Uh, Ludovic says, do you think Osprey and Mox were doing fantasy booking on that June event during their match? They couldn't stop talking. Could only be that, right? Uh, Bash said, what's with the finish to the Mox and Osprey match? Really confused. It looked like Will kicked out of two. The bell rang when Mox put him in the choke. He was tapping, just an odd finish. So it's deliberate. I mean, Osprey's doing this whole gimmick of thinks he's been getting screwed out. He's got a t-shirt coming out about that. He started a change the org campaign to <laughs> reverse the, the outcome of the match so the idea was that um he kicked out at like 2.99999 and the referee thought it was a three and i'm sure the referee was in the room when they laid out to the, the, the finish to that match and then he taps immediately afterwards to, to the choke so it was intentional it was not a fuck up maybe it didn't come across as clearly as they would have hoped but um that didn't ruin my enjoyment to what i thought was a, a Incredible match. That may be one of my favourite John Moxley singles matches. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at the time, look, I, I understand why you would do a finish like that. Um, and it it does it does allow Will to, you know, have a little bit of a, a continuation of a of a of a you know dislike of new japan pro wrestling officials and him getting fucked over and all that stuff. Um there was a part of me that okay that they they're just thinking on their feet and we're we you know it was a fuck up but yeah in hindsight you're 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 right. Um match was fantastic. Favorite match of the night. Uh both guys yep absolutely had their working shoes on. They they knew why the people bought tickets and they knew what they had to do. They did it. Um, Will Ospreay, I thought, was absolutely tremendous. Um, doing crazy dumb shit. <laughs> He's, he is not above doing crazy dumb shit. Um, and there was plenty of that. Um, he's he, he's got to learn how to... Uh, He's got to learn how to hit that blade a little bit harder. Now. <laughs> it's a terrible job. Come on. You're supposed to be bleeding. Uh, oh, yeah. That was very, that, very soft at the end there. That was one of the uh, like, oh, you know, What are you going to do? <laughs> come on, get in there. Dig yourself in there. Uh, but, okay. That, it, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do? Um, Mox. Mox was bleeding like a pig. Uh, yeah, I think I think everybody would agree that this was the best match of the night. And, uh, yeah, it made the show. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to have to get out of here very quickly so I can go to work. Just going to quickly touch on Golden Fight Series because uh, coming up on Monday, April 25th in Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall, we've got two fairly big matches. We've got Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships with Tanahashi, G.O.D. taking on Evil Show and Yujiro. Do you see a title change here, Damon? I say no. No, I do not. Because I'm a big House of Torture fan and they are tremendous champions and they should keep the belts forever. Um, We also have the KOPW match which is Taichi against Shingo Takagi. And I'm just checking the stipulations now. So uh, Taichi says a 30-count match, multiple pinfalls, a 30-count total wins. Uh, Shingo Takagi-style three falls, get a one-count, then a two-count, then a three to win. So in the English language vote, Taichi is currently up 51% to 49 And in the Japanese poll, 
Tai Chi is winning 52% to 48. So it's fairly close, but it looks like it will be Tai Chi's 30 count match where cumulative 30, 30 counts will win the match, which I, if they have a little scoreboard, I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. All right. All right. We'll see. Listen, I, I doubted it before. So uh, I won't do it again. So maybe we'll, maybe I mean honestly on paper it does not sound interesting to me. But okay, well I'll I'm, I'll I'll try and keep it over mind. Uh, just other little bits and pieces. Uh, Fujito got his first win, and they were doing something weird with Yo where he got beaten like a drum in the first match, and then he managed to beat Hiromu in the the tag match after that. So now we've heard a Yo and Hiromu singles match added to Don Taku. So. Uh, there we go. For anyone who wants to know what's going on in Japan, that is what is happening. So we've got that show to look forward to with the Six Mans and the KOPW this Monday. So uh, that is it. I have to go and get ready for work. Oh, I want to say congratulations for Dan uh, from our Discord, who's become a dad. Uh, had a, a very oh. rough time coming through with a birth, but uh, congratulations to him uh, and his missus and, and their baby boy. Uh, wishing you all the best. So much Absolutely. love to you, Dan. And let's uh, wrap it up there. So redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to send money our way, we always appreciate it. Discord link, you can DM me on Twitter and I will give you a code to our Discord at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super J cast for our t-shirts. Thanks to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LazyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super J Cast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>